Hi and welcome to The Three Good Podcast, a weekend podcast where I talk about all things to do with positive psychology, well-being, resilience, mental health and emotional intelligence. I'm your host, Sukhpavia. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 17 of the Three Good Podcast. Sorry it's been several weeks since I've last been on here with you all. It's been uh, quite a busy few weeks, let me just tell you that. And uh, I've got a couple of weeks where I'm just going to be taking a break as well, which I'm really looking forward to. And in today's episode, what I wanted to talk about was mindfulness, the topic of mindfulness. And this is purely from my perspective. I don't have a guest today, as I've had done in recent episodes. And I'm really fascinated by the topic of mindfulness because I think it gets a bad rep. I think that people try certain types of approaches to mindfulness and have various perspectives on it because of different types of experience. And it ends up meaning that some people end up practicing it really well and they really advocate for it. Others have had mixed experience and so they're not sure about whether or not it actually has usefulness or it actually helps them with anything. So I want to try and talk about the area in a, in a few different ways and hopefully uh, provide a bit of kind of broader and, and different kind of thinking to it. So when I think about the topic of mindfulness, um, I'm what I think about with it is that it's you know, one of the things that people say about it is that it just means that you don't think about anything. And my experience of mindfulness is less that you don't think about nothing and more just that you're allowing yourself to think about the present and what's happening for you now. And I think that can be more valuable for you. Um, and so, yeah, some of the practices that are around it where, you know, People say, oh, you have to focus on your breathing or you have to really be present and really be in the moment. It, um, I get that. I, I understand what they mean when they talk about those things. And uh, I, I think that it can be those things. And also it's about an appreciation of what's happening now as well. So there's, the, uh, I, I, th- I think that's where I'm going to start with this is let's kind of talk about what it means to, to be mindful. So I think it's about allowing yourself that time and space to be able to think through what's happening for me right now. And in that in that time and space I'm thinking about that, what does that tell me about myself? And how am I gauging what that barometer of, am I doing something helpful and healthy for myself or not, quite simply? And I think if we start from that kind of position for it, it's it's akin to kind of self-awareness, right? It's akin to um, having that emotional intelligence of how am I how are my emotions affecting me? How am I understanding what's what my body is telling me, and how I choose to want to act next? And so. When we think of it in that context, I think it starts to allow us to think, oh right, it doesn't have to be one particular type of behaviour. 
you know it doesn't have to be sitting for 20 minutes and allowing yourself to just be with your own thoughts and what I also recognize is that that is actually an important element of this as well uh, I once heard a talk by a, um, a gentleman Alan Wallace and in his talk he he talked about quite a few things related to mindfulness and emotional intelligence and one of his pieces he said it's a fascinating thing of modern society that we would much rather play a game of solitaire than be alone with our own thoughts and it was really interesting because he said solitaire is probably one of the most pointless games ever invented you don't gain anything from it it doesn't do anything for you all you're doing is turning over cards sorting them into a particular way and we've made a game out of it and we've done this because it helps to pass the time and people would much rather do that rather than sit still with their own thoughts and their own thinking recognizing that maybe they're having certain types of feelings and emotions and they're not comfortable enough with that and that it, it can for some people be very uncomfortable and it can be quite distressing so to avoid that, to avoid that time with your own thoughts, we would much rather do something actually pointless. And it's really quite telling. I, I found it, I still think on it to this day about what that means. Because I think it's a really, really interesting comparison. And it's not even a comparison, it's, a, it's an interesting distraction. And I wonder if kind of the likes of social media does the same for us. We would much rather go in and check our social media apps because we don't want to take 10 minutes of just not doing anything and just sitting with our own thoughts and our own thinking and our own selves. What is it that we're afraid of in that space? What is it that we're afraid of in our thinking and in our being that we think that we have to be occupied by social media? And I find it really fascinating because I wonder what that means in terms of how we've allowed ourselves to think about this in, in, in on an ongoing basis. Every moment of our lives is taken up with something. We really don't allow ourselves that time to be able to just sit with ourselves, have our own company. And because we don't tend to do that, we can become quite uncomfortable with, well, what does that mean for me? Who, who am I if I'm not doing something? Who am I if I'm not actively occupying my time and making myself either productive or just busy? Why are we so uncomfortable with having that time for ourselves? And I think this is what mindfulness can allow for and starts to help us think about potentially is how, how do we... And I think one of the um, things that's uncomfortable about this is that we don't know what to do with our own thoughts. Sometimes our thoughts can be distressing or they can be upsetting um, or they can be a meandering river of stuff and we don't know how we're supposed to manage that. Sometimes we don't know how we're supposed to rationalize our thinking because sometimes our thinking isn't clear, sometimes our thinking isn't rational. And, and so it's the, the act of mindfulness starts to raise questions of 
how do we how do we ordinarily and usefully find ways to express ourselves or find ways to be expressive of our own thinking not for any other purpose than to explore our own thinking not with anybody else not necessarily it could be but not necessarily but just trying to work through that in our own head you know it's been uh, something of interest for me over several years where i've become i mean I, I actually struggle with mindfulness as an act in terms of sitting for about 10 minutes or 20 minutes and and doing the traditional what we might think of as the traditional way to do it but that's uh, i struggle with it because i i think of it in terms of being comfortable with my own thinking and I'm okay with that. I'm totally comfortable with my own thinking and how to rationalize and how to work through what I'm thinking and feeling. But the act itself, I often associate with a form of meditation. So mindfulness can be a form of meditation, um, although I think there are differences between the two. Um, and when I think of it, it's I, I'm used to the practice in terms of the Sikh religion. And in the Sikh religion, meditation is about thinking about God. And it's about sitting in the presence of um, the Guru Granth Sahib, our holy book. Um, although, sorry, I, I need to correct myself. It's not our holy book. It's our living guru. It is presented in the form of a book. And so we often, it, it can often get called the holy book. And when you are sitting in the Gurudwara, you are, uh, the Gurudwara is the um, holy place of worship for Sikh people. When you're sitting there, you are often sat in silence, listening to someone do a reading from the Guru Granth Sahib, or there's ceremonial songs being sung, and you're sitting there in, um, and you're just being present in that as well. And so I've learned over years how to do, how to sit with myself, and how to sit in that space. But it's in the context of. Um, a, a reading or a ceremonial song or listening to someone talk um, or preach and so um, that the and so mindfulness for me is in the context of a social gathering and that's also because in Sikh religion we talk about the company of uh, others we talk about the company of blessed people blessed people and uh, the words for it we use are the Saad Sangat, the holy congregation. So when we are with others, we are in the presence of blessed people and we are in the presence of God because God is present in everyone. That's what we believe in the Sikh religion. So in that context, when I think about mindfulness, it is a, um, it's a community thing. It's a social activity for me, which is distinctly different, I think, to how mindfulness is also sometimes talked about um, yeah it's often associated with tibetan and buddhist monks who practice it in terms of solitude or um, their own their own presence without the company of others and it's about being silent and it's about focusing on your own thoughts your own breathing and one of the things I think that um, I think gets confused is that the breathing aspect of it is just an anchor. It's a way to be able to center your focus so that your 
when you are thinking and when you are trying to work through your own thoughts and your own emotions, you have an anchor of what you can come back to. So if I'm practicing the act of mindfulness where I'm breathing and I'm focusing on the breath, it allows me to keep coming back to that when my mind starts to wander into other places. It allows me to center that focus and those thoughts. So the breathing acts, is a, a, acts as an anchor. What I've also found is that if you are trying to work through something and you need to have that time and space for yourself, you can do that in quite many ways, actually. You know, mindfulness is more about how am I understanding myself? How do, in understanding myself, how do I choose to act next? And whatever is happening for me right now, is that, is that a healthy and helpful thing for me? And if it's not, how do I choose to do differently? Because we always have that choice, right? We, we have that choice of action. It's always available to us. And the choice of action can be a multitude of things. It, it's never just either a black and white or a binary, this or that. There's always options of different variants of what that behavior could be. And it's often not just about the impact um, that whatever is happening has is, has on, is having on me. It's also about how do my actions impact on others? So if I'm recognizing that there's a certain action or there's a certain set of things that are happening for me at this moment in time, and they are having a negative or a, um, yeah, uh, they're having a negative impact on me. And because of that, I am less able to act well with others. Then I really need to take the time to think through that. I need to understand, well, how can I be better in this situation? Because I'm not the best person I can be. And so what I've learned is that uh, for me, if I need to be present with myself, I've found different ways that I can do that in, in a helpful way. So I, I, for myself, I tend to go for a walk if I need to have that time for myself. And when I go for a walk, it allows me that time to be able to just, um, what I end or also end up doing is I just end up talking to myself. And that act of talking to myself is, is my own mechanism for trying to articulate what's going on in my head. Because once I've given voice to it, once I've given words to the things that I'm thinking, it allows me to think better about what that, how, whatever it is I need to try and work through. And then once I've expressed it out and I've been able to verbalize it, I'm also then able to think through, so how do I go next? What do I need to do? What I've also learned is that there are other things I like to do as well. So if I need to remove myself from something, I'll often, um, and I'm at home, what I'll do is I'll just go into my room and I'll lie down on the floor and I will have, uh, and I'll try to just, just stay there and just focus on my breathing, actually. That's the thing I do tend to focus on, is my breathing. Because I, I, I recognize that there's something happening for me which I'm not comfortable with. And it's not necessarily because I've had an argument or something at home or there's been anything bad, but there's just, sometimes I recognize there's something going on where I just need to take a moment to just collect myself and be with myself for a moment. And I, and I find the act of focusing on my breathing can be quite helpful 
because it helps me to regulate that part, the physical part. And if I can regulate that a bit better, it has a direct impact on what I end up thinking and feeling because I'm more able to be a bit more calm uh, because I recognize there's some kind of uh, rapid stuff going on, which I'm, I may not want to be experiencing. I also tend to find that blogging can help me as a personal action. It can help me by reflecting on what I'm thinking. And in reflecting on what I'm thinking, I find it very helpful to be able to know what I should be doing in, my, in terms of my thinking, where I think it's taking me, what I think it's allowing for in a different way. And I tend to do this with the profession that I'm in, so learning and development, and it allows me that space and time to be able to actively work through my own thinking. So I arrive at a different place and a, not necessarily a better place, but certainly I've moved my thinking on. And for me, that's important. I want to make sure I do advance my thinking. So I tend to do that in that space as well. And then I also want to make mention to other acts as well that people, I know people sometimes do. So coloring books have, become this really interesting form of adult activity where you just all you're doing is spending your time coloring in pictures and by doing that it's an it's a way of being able to focus on that act itself because you're creating something artful and in creating art it allows us for to experience a certain level of appreciation for the thing that we've created, for what art can mean in different ways. And I find that quite an interesting piece as well. And not just colouring books, but also people doing um, art with painting and with uh, other forms of creativity, like creating music and what have you. You know, all of these things, I think they it's about our, um, the individual finding the right way to express themselves in a way that allows them to focus deeply on that particular thing. And once you've given yourself that focus, it's allowed you to progress your thinking in a different way. And I, I, I often wonder, you know, how, how often do people allow themselves that space? You know, on a previous episode of the podcast, uh, I talked about people having their third space, their third place, where in that third place, you allow yourself that time uh, to do an activity which is only for yourself, where the act, the very act of doing the that thing for yourself, gives you that time, space, and energy to focus on your your own well-being, because you're doing something that gives you joy. You're doing something that gives you energy. You're doing something that is healthy for you, and when you come out of it, you feel energized and rejuvenated in yourself. And, you know, in that episode, I explored about how we might be able to think of that in different ways. I think mindfulness helps us to develop that and do that more so that we have a, a bit of a deeper connection to what that means for us. What I've also learned about, I think, myself over recent years is I can be more mindful in very many different ways on a regular ongoing basis. And that's what I've started to practice much more. 
So I guess I might call it mindful living because what I tend to try and do is if I'm with my family, for example, I will purposefully not these days want to check my social media because I recognize I'm, I'm having a moment uh, and where I'm having time with my loved ones, which I don't need to have to be distracted by social media or by my need to have to see what's going on in another space because that time I've got with them is precious and that time I've got with them is one I want to cultivate and nurture better and along uh, and help them to appreciate that that time is valuable for them I also think about the same when I'm at work that I can think about my work in a different way where I engage with the people who I'm with and not be distracted by um, uh, distractions at work which can also be present as well and um, actually just spend time focusing on the relationships I have with people the quality of the work I'm doing and being quite clear about the work I will be doing and what I won't be doing and so being able to have that clarity as well there helps me to be able to do I think better work and also you know kind of as of when I'm at the gym yeah, I tend to be quite mindful about what's my body telling me. So I do body scanning quite regularly as well. And what I mean by body scanning is being aware of what my body is telling me, what it needs and what it can be capable of. So if I've got any aches and joint, uh, aches and pains somewhere, just being aware of how bad or severe is that or is it something that I think I can manage um, or that can be improved in some way. Yeah, is my do, do I feel my heart beating in a particular way? Do I notice my breathing is any kind of uh, irregular pattern? Um, and you know, if I've got any kind of funny feelings in my stomach, what does that mean? You know, butterflies or something. If I'm about to do something, so you know, w w in in that kind of mode, it allows me to also be aware and mindful of what's happening for me now. If that's the right, if, if I'm okay with with those feelings and emotions and thoughts, then I know I can just carry on and just enjoy whatever it is that's happening. There's a few times um, uh, so far as I've been kind of talking that I've been also talking about appreciation, and I think I think one of the things that we can be quite guilty of is that we don't find uh, the right kind of ways to appreciate what's happening for us at this moment with ourselves, with others, and we get very easily distracted by social media and by other things where we can tend to lack appreciation. And by the lack of appreciation, we don't find a way to engage with it in a healthy way for us and for others. You know, I, I think that sometimes when we are in a, in a regular routine, and by the way, routine is vitally important to healthy, positive living. But sometimes what can happen in a routine is that we we forget to appreciate what we're doing and how well it's going for us. And I, I mean this in the sense of if you're fortunate enough to have that presence of um, you have a job that pays, it, it enables you to live in a particular good way. You're not feeling particular hardship. Uh, you're not in a difficult or bad relationship, you're not struggling to live, and by and large, things are in the right place for you, we can often 
lack appreciation because we end up uh, being bombarded by messages through the media and through other people's social media posts that maybe my life isn't good enough. Maybe I need to be doing more in my life because I'm seeing these posts by these people and they seem to be living these amazing lives that I don't live. And actually, I think what we forget is that the that there is very many there are very many things that we can appreciate about our own lives. It's certainly something that I've learned a lot over recent years is that there is plenty happening that I can take the time to appreciate. And so I do. Mindfulness can really help with that because it allows us to be present. It allows us to think about what's happening for us at this moment now. Being able to find a way to compare that with what happened previously and not necessarily worrying about what may come in the future. And I don't mean to say that we shouldn't be planning for the future. Of course we should. And I don't mean to say that we should be dismissing any kind of negative impact on the future because we have to be aware of making sure that we have good things in place. It's more about the future is a complete unknown. So we can plan for it and we can do things and put things into place for it. It doesn't necessarily always mean that it's going to work out as we want it to. And there are very many cases that you can read about in day-to-day -day news where people do achieve the things that they have set themselves out to do but it doesn't always mean that they've become this happy version of themselves because they've put in a lot of stock and I mean personal stock and a personal um, we'll just keep it there uh, put in a lot of personal stock into whatever that future was meant to mean for them they've got there they've arrived at it but they've not achieved that level of happiness they thought they wanted or they thought it would bring for them and I think that's because they haven't taken the time to appreciate what they genuinely have available to them now in this time and space I think that's true of many of us though that we find it hard to appreciate what we have now because we put a lot of stock and faith into what's what we need for the future and that can be really really challenging for us in terms of our resilience, in terms of our well-being, because we, we're trying to bank on something in the future without taking the time to understand, but is now good? Is now a good place for me? And again, I just want to be clear, right? I don't mean that if you're in a, um, in an, a bad or abusive or unhealthy relationship, you need to stay in that, because clearly if that's, uh, if I've described anything there which is true, then that's not healthy, it's not helpful. And remember earlier on in this episode, I've been describing mindfulness as a way of being able to identify what is healthy and helpful for you. And if you're not in something which is doing that for you, it needs to fundamentally change in order that you can experience and appreciate and have an appreciation for who you are and what your life is doing for you. And being able to find those moments of joy and happiness. But it's not just about relationships, it's also about many other things in life. You know, if you have a circle of friends who are demanding your time and energy in different ways and it's not helpful or healthy for you, if you have a work, um, uh, if you have a job and you're at work and you're not enjoying it because there are demands on you which are pushing you into being stressed and distressed and it's unhealthy and it's unhelpful for you and what you need 
then again that and you and if whether or not it's having a negative impact on others as well in your life then again that's something you need to be aware of but also in the media we get regularly bombarded with news uh, about bad things that are happening because and not just bad things but also some quite tough conversations around uh, modern life and there's a lot of trolling activity there's a lot of really harmful stuff happening in society and so we have to have very hard conversations about what that means for us and any of those things is going to affect how well we're able to appreciate any aspect of these things for modern living so i guess we're what this starts to i think talk about as well is we have mindfulness can be can be a one way in which we start to move forward with any of that i don't think it's a single solution i don't think anything in life is a single solution i think most things in life tend to be a good mix of a spread of good and healthy behavior that helps us to live as well as we can I think mindfulness is one technique amongst many others that can allow for us to understand those things much better in and of ourselves. So if I want to be a better person and I'm not sure what that means, one way of being able to do that is being able to think through your own stuff as well as being able to talk to your friends and your family and your loved ones and those who need to support you and getting some clarity from them on what is working for you what is not how you can do better i think those are important conversations to have we tend not to try and have those conversations we sometimes think that we have to have those answers to ourselves i think again that comes down to a lot of what we hear about and read about in the media is that there are these people who have done these amazing successful things and it's because they've done them all by themselves the reality tends to be very very different that you that these people have relied on other people to help them get to a position of success and there's a difference in being able to acknowledge recognize and be grateful for those people in our lives and find ways to truly acknowledge them for helping you to get to where you are in your life and there's there's also something about that humility that comes with that type of success as well. Some people have that. We also hear about very many cases of people who don't have that humility and who think that the only way you can succeed is by using others, manipulating them. And that can be quite a tough position for other people and uh, yeah, for, for everybody else who is trying to find their own success because what they're trying to do is they're trying to find their own way of doing uh, of uh, uh, of achieving that success and not realizing that part of it means that it is totally acceptable and very very okay to ask others to help you to be successful so this has been a, a bit of a meandering episode there's been quite a lot of different things here i've been talking about and I, I want to come back to what I think started to talk about at the beginning is around, 
you know, does mindfulness mean that you have to act in certain ways? Does it mean you have to try and do certain things? Maybe. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say it doesn't. I think with lots of things in life, if there are, if there are good things to be achieved, we need and, and we have faith in being able to find that, then we need to find the right way that works for us. If you've tried different types of techniques and it, you, in yourself you don't find that it's giving you the same level of um, enthusiasm for this kind of technique, then I would quite frankly say just stop trying. Try and do other things in life which help give you energy and um, help give you to help give you that space and time to think and reflect and be comfortable with your own thoughts and be comfortable with your own time and space and being comfortable just with yourself as your own person. Because if we can do that, I think we find ways to be our best selves for ourselves. And and so I don't think there's a right way to do mindfulness. I don't think there's a bad way to do mindfulness. It's about finding the right kind of technique that works for you. And I think some of the other things I've spoken about in this episode, I'm hopeful can provide some of that better guidance, which is when you are in whatever you're doing, if at any point you think this doesn't feel like it's healthy or helpful for me, that's probably a good sign and indication that you need to change whatever it is that that, that is that thing is if however whatever you're experiencing you're enjoying it and there's it gives you energy and it gives you joy and it allows for happiness for you then it can be really great to just continue to think about and appreciate what that is for you and also being able to express that with others especially if it's with your loved ones if it's with your partner or family or friends it's great to be able to let them know you appreciate and care for them and enjoy them because of who they are and what they're allowing for you in that moment. Because when we do that, we open ourselves up and we express ourselves and we welcome others into our lives in a way that we may not have previously been able to let them know. And having that social connection, having that personal connection with others is vital to human thriving and well-being and resilience so expressing that appreciation can be absolutely crucial for that so i think i'm going to wrap it up there i hope it's been a, a, a helpful exploration of mindfulness and i look forward to catching up with everybody in the next couple of weeks take care everyone and as always if you've been enjoying this episode and other episodes uh, do subscribe to the podcast uh, I'm a bit laxy. I'm a bit lack, lacking in my routine and structure at the minute in getting them published regularly, but it is something I, I am continuing to maintain. And um, comment and like and and do share with others as well. Thank you very much, everyone. Have a good weekend. <laughs>